0: Coming up, I told you there would be a big news story in the NBA that would drop probably today or at some point in free agency, and we weren't expecting it. Well, it happened. Kevin Durant asked out. All that and more coming up next. Welcome back, episode seventy-three of the Rami Lavie podcast. I gotta say, I think all episodes are usually a pretty good one. Um, I I think I have interesting things to talk about, and I like to share my opinions on stuff, but um, this one's gonna be a little bit different. (laughs) I think this one's gonna be a little bit more fun. First of all, as a Knicks fan, but as a basketball sports fan in general, I was gonna talk about NBA Free Agency. I told you guys um, last episode and the episode before that that something that we didn't expect to happen was going to happen, um, and it's gonna be fun. When something like that happens, it's always fun. Thank you, KD, because... He went above and beyond. He did something that uh, I guess any of us, if you've been following the Nets for the last few years, should have seen something like this coming. This was, I guess, the ultimate end for this, Um, but it's just, I mean, it's too good. You can't write this stuff. You can't make this stuff up. It's the NBA at its finest. Uh, I talked about last year that there's three NBA seasons. There's the regular season, the postseason, and then the offseason, and the offseason might be more entertaining than the regular season and the postseason combined. I think it was better than the first two rounds of the postseason for sure this year. There wasn't that much going on other than a lot of blowouts. So this is fun. Thank you, KD. And now I got a lot to talk about. So that's pretty fun. Before I get into it all, I do want to talk about something else real quick. So when I started this podcast, I said episode 73 um, at the top of this one because this is the 73rd episode that I've done and now is a different name. So a lot of people are maybe new to the podcast itself, to the Rami V podcast, hearing this for the first time, um, haven't listened to a lot of the previous episodes, and that's fine. I, I'm, thank you. Welcome. Uh, thanks for coming back. But the amount of positive feedback, and I, and I said this last episode, that the amount of feedback that I got from everyone, um, even when I announced it before I posted the first po- episode, was just... Uh, remarkable, just to hear people being so supportive. And the same thing, I, I uh, all week I did the traffic reports on the radio, and it was really fun. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to do it again. I don't want the uh, main traffic guy to be sick. He was apparently sick, although, so the backstory behind that, why I was doing traffic reports this week. So I say yes to everything. That's kind of what I talked about last episode. The main guy, I'm going to actually leave his name out. <laughs> I just said his name. I'm going to delete that. But um, the main guy, he was out. He had COVID, apparently, but he's also a huge, huge, he's from Denver. He's a huge Colorado Avalanche fan. And the The Colorado Avalanche, a little bit of a tongue twister, the Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup and they had the parade today in Denver. And I don't know if he was at the parade because he wasn't posting on Twitter. I kept refreshing his feed and he was uh, not in all week this week since they won, and so I kind of texted him and we were side chatting uh, and I kind of threw some shade at him online also, like, oh yeah, you're sick, cool. <laughs> sure. But um, look, if my team won a championship, I'd also be out, I'd go <laughs> celebrate, I'd go to the parade. What's the point? Like I talked about this a couple episodes ago. When your team wins, it's still upsetting that it's over, right? The season's over. The whole point of it is it's an entertainment, it's a form of distraction, that's the point of sports, So when your team wins, it's still over. So if you're not going to go to the parade and at least celebrate the victory, then what's the point of them winning in the first place? Um I'm in such a giddy mood. It's actually crazy. I'm in just a fantastic mood. This KD stuff, who knew it could put me so over the top. I'm back at the studio, by the way, if you're wondering. I'm recording from the studio, and this should be my setup, honestly. If I'm going to be doing these overnights, I might as well be making the best time of it and sitting in the studio. Although, I have access to the studio this week. I don't know <laughs> what's going to be going forward now that I'm not doing the traffic reports anymore. But if I'm going to be doing the overnights, I better make the most of my time and sit here and actually record. Because that's the only way to get better. That's why I do the podcast, and this equipment is incredible. But I do still have to keep an ear out for the other station. I have to uh, make sure the station's running properly and do my job. So... Uh, A little bit of multitasking here, but that's fine, so I'm just happy to be here, and like I said, just super giddy. But back to what I was talking about and the support, and the support I've gotten from people, it was really fun to do the traffic reports this week, it was a great time, Um, like I said, I don't want him to be out, but if he's ever out again, I'd love to do them again, Um, and then... I post the podcast, and what was different was I just felt more comfortable sending it, and there's a reason for this, but sending it to the people I know, sending it to my friends, just putting it out there, not just on social media for people who I've never met and never seen before, and the support I've gotten from those people is incredible, too. If you've, you're listening to this and you don't know who I am personally, or maybe we've talked on social media, reached out, DM stuff like that back and forth, then I appreciate you. I really do, because you guys are the people who are coming at this blindly. Um, it's the people who our friends, mentors, other people in life who I've known and maybe haven't talked to in a while or talked to them recently who have reached out and said, hey, we're listening. It's awesome. This is great stuff. Uh, first of all, thank you. I, I, I really appreciate that. And this is what I'm, I'm building towards. And I heard something interesting. So, Barstool Sports actually had a competition where they took random Barstool Sports fans and they had them compete to become members of Barstool Sports, to become media members at Barstool Sports uh, content creators. And they host a, hosted a podcast, the two winners hosted a podcast together, um, and by the way, if you're wondering why I wasn't on the competition, I, I applied, don't worry. <laughs> I think there were a lot of applicants I didn't get in. Um, don't worry, one day maybe I will. Not that that's my dream job Dream job by any means, uh, Barstool seems fun, but I know a lot of people think that would be the dream job. For me personally, they do some things that I would definitely be able to uh, make a career out of. Anyway, that's not, that's not for here or now. But <laughs> I think this is more sidetracked I've ever gotten on a podcast. Maybe it's the Red Bull. Drinking a lot of Red Bull. Maybe that's the effect that it's having on my brain. Is I'm scatterbrained right now. Even with my notes in front of me, I'm on my second note. I haven't said anything that I'm supposed to talk about in this episode. And there's a lot that's going to happen in this episode. I don't know if you guys heard KD asked for a trade. Either way, these winners on Barstool, they they became Barstool hosts. And the first day that they their first task was to host a podcast together. They did. And they had one of the older... Barstool members, someone come in and talk about how he built up. And he said, guys, you guys just start a podcast. If you guys just start a podcast, go every day and record and send it out, just start creating content that way. People are going eventually going to follow you. And something he said that was interesting was, you're going to build a community. There's 7 billion people in the world. You're, there's going to be a community of people who like what you're doing. There's going to be a community of probably at least a few thousand people who connect to you and hear you and say, oh, that's the guy I like to listen to. If you know me, I like to listen to Ryan Rossillo. I like to listen to Dan Katz from Barstool. There's a few people I like to listen to, Bill Simmons, obviously, Craig Carton, these are people who I've become part of their community, and those people are people who have huge communities. But, everyone's going to have an opinion, everyone's going to have a style. So, it might be Rami Lavi, right, who people want to listen to, and that's who people are gravitating towards. And something interesting he said, though, was, at first, you're going to send it to your friends, and you're going to send it to your family, and people are going to be like, you have to get over that hump, because people are going to be like, wait, this is really what you're doing? And something I mentioned kind of in passing on last episode was, yeah, this is something I'm really doing, and this is not a hobby of mine. Look, my job, it is what I do for a living is I listen to other people talk about sports. And what I do now, and I'm trying to make it my job, is be one of those people who's talking about sports. And I think there's a few things to it. There's the opportunity to inspire and grow change and have a public platform have a microphone that people want to listen to and have a public opinion that's a huge responsibility that I definitely think about all the time and that's something that I really do want I do want to be someone who speaks in public someone who gives their opinion someone who can help people and use that public stage to help others that's a huge goal of mine but coming out in last episode and saying that out loud saying that this is what I want to do with my career and my life was something that People may look at it and be like, no, you're not going to make it or you're not going to be able to do it. And part of that is part of what I want to do is whatever you want to do in life, you actually need to put your mind to it and try and do it. Because the only thing worse than trying and failing is not trying in the first place and living with that regret, to me at least. So this is something that I'm actually doing and putting this out to... The people that I actually care about first and foremost, and not, like I said, just sharing it with the strangers who, like I said, I really appreciate. And some of you have become close friends of mine. But sending this out to the people who know me the longest and know me the most personally, that's what I care about. And the feedback that I've gotten has been incredible. And what he said, um, this guy at Barstool, said a lot of times, the people that you care about and the people that you grew up with, your family and friends, sometimes, and Ryan Rosillo talks about this, It's because they're so close to you and they don't want to see you fail. They actually care about you. So they're the ones who are kind of like, dude, what are you doing? And so maybe that's why they don't support you. They don't listen and they don't kind of egg you on. Other times, it's just that maybe they're just not part of that community. Because like I said, there's 7 billion people in the world. You're going to have that niche community that you reach, that you create. And that's one of the most rewarding parts of this thing. I was talking to someone who's a little bit older than me, a little bit further along the line with his community that he's built. And he was telling me how the community has been so rewarding for him, how he's made so many friends, how he feels like he has a new family. So you're going to find your community. But what's been so special for me is that not only am I finding my community, I'm finding that the people who listen, the people who I actually care about, the people who are texting me, hey, dude, that's crazy, you're on the air, you're killing it, or just texting me, hey, I listened to the podcast, it was great, if those people could also be part of that community... Of the people that listen and end up supporting me and I end up being, whatever ends up happening with my career, that is so much even more rewarding that I have these people who are so supportive along the way. So, like I said, I really do appreciate every single person. So, episode 73, maybe only the second episode or the f- even the first episode that you're listening to. And if it is, welcome. I really appreciate it. Share it with a friend if you like it, but I I really do appreciate it. I hate being a self-promoter, so I'm not going to tell you more than once. Hey, listen to it, but I, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. All right, after that introduction, I think we can finally, finally, about 10 minutes in, get into the NBA postseason and what's happened so far. The NBA has three seasons, like I said. And the third one, and maybe the most entertaining one, is the NBA offseason. I may have said postseason before, but I meant offseason. It is post the season, but it's the offseason. So obviously, the biggest story that happens today is Kevin Durant. He asks out of Brooklyn. Um, I think you know that by now if you're listening to this podcast and you're a sports fan. Maybe you're just supporting me, and I appreciate that also. But if you know anything about sports, you know that Kevin Durant asked out of Brooklyn today. Here are some of the reactions from around the league to Kevin Durant. First, Tyrese Maxey, I actually replied to him on Twitter. He wrote, the NBA has to be the most entertaining league, correct? First of all, it's kind of funny how he says it's the most entertaining league. Yeah, it is the most entertaining league, but not necessarily the games themselves. That's not great. John Moran, easy money, which is what Kevin Durant calls himself. Trey Young, can the poop emoji get realer? Larry Nance Jr., oh my god, the panic uh, gif from The Office. Josh Hart, he tweeted also. Tyrese Halliburton, quote tweeted himself. He said, turn on the Woj notifications tomorrow or whatever. And then he's like, I meant today because officially free agency doesn't start till midnight tonight when obviously everything gets leaked like we talked about before it actually happens. Kuzma's like, oh, this is about to be great. And then Nicholas Batum, the the offseason's better. Joseph Nurkic reposted the picture of KD and Dame together, which we've seen. By the way, Nurkic, who's to say you're not going to be part of that trade if that trade happens? Um, And then my favorite was Paolo Bencaro. He posted a picture of him and Kevin Durant in a Orlando Magic jersey. Now. Definitely the Magic have the assets to go get Kevin Durant, don't get me wrong, and Paolo Bencaro and Kevin Durant would be a really fun combo, but Paolo Bencaro has been in the league for a total of five minutes. He may not even sign, I don't think he did sign his rookie contract yet, and he's already fully engrossed in this league of just people who this is what is most fun about the NBA. You know why this is the best part of the season? Because this is what they do best. If you watch an NBA game, you're going to see players throughout the entire game complaining, throwing up their hands, or having fun, or doing dramatic things. It's all about the drama. This league has always been all about the drama. And so, these guys, this is their thing. This is what they do. They're overdramatic, and the offseason is the time where they can really shine in that area. This is the age of player entitlement, right? Where. It's all about the players, and some leagues have caved towards it a little bit, some leagues have leaned towards it, and then the NBA has taken a full nosedive deep into it, gone full into the player entitlement. It's all about the players. The owners are at at the mercy of the players. It's about the superstars. If you get a superstar, you're a winner. If you don't, you're a loser. It's all about them. It doesn't matter where the team is. There are no fans who are loyal to fan bases. It's just people following specific athletes. Whether it's LeBron, whether it's Steph Curry, whoever it is that you love, that's who people dive into and that's who they love. They're a fan of that person. Everyone's a front runner, and that's fine. That's how the league is. It's been one of the most entertaining leagues, and it's just the style. It's something that's changed in the league. But this is the ultimate. We're talking about guys changing their minds. They're like, hey, I'm going to sign with you. They announced that on Tuesday before it gets out. Now, they leak the story to Shams or Woj or whoever it is, and then they come out the next day. Actually, I never signed the contract because I wasn't legally allowed to sign a contract. It was tampering anyway, which the league doesn't stop. This whole week has been tampering, right? But the league doesn't stop it because player entitlement. They're allowed to tamper however they want. And then tomorrow I'm going to go say, you know what? I'm going to go sign with a different team. And by the way, the same thing happens on the other side. We know Lonnie Walker had a contract pulled from the Spurs. And then three minutes later, he had a contract offer with the Lakers and signed that one. So it's going both ways. It's crazy. And by the way, it was reported that uh, this is just a side point. It was reported that Jalen Brunson was going to get $106 million from Dallas. That's what Woj tweeted. And then he was like, you know what? I'm good. I'm not going to even... He canceled the meeting. He had a meeting with them because he was getting 110 from the Knicks. Then it comes out later today, he only got 104 from the Knicks. So I don't know what's (laughs) what's actually going on. Did he already make up his mind? Why did he cancel the meeting? Who knows? But my point is, there's so many things happening, so many things going on. Everything's changing. And then today, I'm doing the traffic reports. And in the middle, I see a notification on my phone that says... Kevin Durant has asked out of Brooklyn, he is looking for a trade, and I just laughed. I was like, this is too classic. Yesterday, was it yesterday, two days ago, Kyrie announced that he's signing? To quote Kyrie, he is honoring his commitment to Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets and staying for his fourth year of the contract to play with Kevin Durant and try and win a championship. Uh, No, you're not. Now, my initial reaction, so a friend, someone who listens to the podcast, apparently, and I appreciate you. Reached out right away, and by the way, this also tells me that people in my life who when something in sports happens, and you know who you are if you're listening or not, but there are people who when sports, ha- sports things happen, they reach out to me. That kind of, that's kind of cool also that I'm the person they text, but he reached out to me and he's like, what's your initial reaction? And I was in the studio. I literally didn't have time to think. I was thinking about different roads being closed and people driving to their holiday destination uh, for the weekend, and my initial, initial reaction was BS. There's no way this is actually happening. That was my first reaction. I was sitting here. I was like, well, we never know what actually happens because of everything I just mentioned, how things change so quickly in the NBA. Who knows if this is true or not? We don't know if this is true. This could just be another scam, another report that came out of nowhere, and then this guy will change his mind tomorrow. The Nets will go back to him, and they'll say, no, 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 we're going to bring in this. Ben Simmons is going to be good, all these different things. And then he's going to turn around and say, fine, you know what? I have to stay. I guess I'll stay. You know? I appreciate it. Kyrie Irving's here. We're we're gonna honor our commitment. So that was my first initial reaction. And then I was like, wait, maybe, maybe this could actually happen. Um and the next thing you have to think about, because if this does happen, is the KD legacy aspect. And Kevin Durant's legacy is always gonna be tainted. We always thought it was going to be tainted by Golden State. And then it was going to be tainted by him leaving Golden State. You left that situation for a new one, but at least people respected him. They were like, okay, he's creating his own thing. He's going to Brooklyn, a franchise that's not known for their great, illustrious legacy and any of that stuff. He's going to Brooklyn. He's going to make his own thing. Him and Kyrie, he's going to be the best player on a championship caliber team. Let's see if he could do it. His first year, he's hurt out all year. The next year, they trade for James Harden. There's that whole saga. His foot is about a half an inch, a half a size too big. Otherwise, who knows what happens? If they beat the Bucs, maybe they go to the finals. Maybe they win the finals. James Harden then comes back this year decides to mail it in. Alright, I'm done. I'm out. I don't feel like being on this team. Kyrie Irving disappears. Kyrie Irving's like, see ya, uh, you know, I'm not going to get vaccinated and I don't care about giving up the money. I'm not going to play at home. not going to play out the road. Doesn't matter to me. They decide to trade James Harden for Ben Simmons and Ben Simmons, he didn't even have time to disappear like Kyrie because he just never showed up in the first place. And with all that going on, if I was KD, I would want to get the hell out of Brooklyn also. Kyrie Irving's talking about leaving, and then he signs the extension or opts into his final year of the contract with the Nets. But this is all on you, KD. You hitched your wagon to a guy like Kyrie. You decided, hey, this is my guy. We're going to be together. We're going to do this together. And he might still be hitched to Kyrie. Maybe they got traded together. Who knows? But Kevin Durant, this is his whole thing. He loves the chaos. He loves the drama. This is what he loves. And maybe if one of those things goes differently, look at this whole everything that happened from day one in Brooklyn. If one of those things goes differently, if his foot is a little bit smaller, if James Harden doesn't decide to mail it, if he decides to get in shape in the offseason and come back and play, if one of those things happen, all of a sudden the entire story is a different story and maybe they win a title in Brooklyn. Maybe the KD legacy story is a different story and t- completely. But now it's just another situation that he wanted out of. And wherever he goes, he's not going to a desolate team that's starting over and building around him again. At least I doubt he is. He's going to go to a place where it's already in place and he could probably try and win a championship. So for Kevin Durant, this is always going to be on his resume. This is always going to taint his resume. And it's different than LeBron. I saw a tweet that uh, someone sent to me that said, LeBron joins his friends to beat his enemies. Kevin Durant joins his enemies to beat his friends. I don't even think it's about that for Kevin Durant. At some point, we forgive LeBron because he wins championships. He makes it all about the winning, whether he does it alone or has to join others to do it. Kevin Durant, it's not even about that. Kevin Durant is just like, yeah, what do I feel like doing today? He's like a little teenager who changes their mind every five minutes. I don't feel like doing this anymore, so I'm just going to leave. I'm just going to go to the next thing. And that's the biggest story here. The biggest story is he doesn't care about the titles. He doesn't care about any of that stuff. All he does is what he feels like, what's going to be easy, what feels best for him in this moment. It felt bad when he blew a 3-1 lead to Golden State. So I'm going to join them now. And if he doesn't win another title, that is the biggest part of his story. The only team he won a title with was a team that won before he was there and won after he left, (laughs) which is why this, this Golden State title, and I talked about it after they left does mean a lot for Kevin Durant's legacy, and now more than ever. Now, the Nets played hardball with Kyrie, because Kyrie was telling them, I want to trade, I want out, I'm looking at my options, I'm going to get the contract somewhere else, I'm going to opt out. And the Nets were like, yeah, opt out, see if anyone's going to commit to you. No one's going to commit to you. And that might have come back to bite them, because if you think about it, maybe Kevin Durant looked at that and said, you're playing hardball with the guy who's my guy? This is my guy, Kyrie, and we don't know if he's ditching Kyrie or not. But ultimately, Kyrie opts in. Maybe Kevin Durant said, no, 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 we don't play hardball with my guys. Hey, I'm out of here. I'm requesting a trade. Now, at the end of the day, maybe the Nets still will play hardball, right? Because at the end of the day, they have him under contract, right? They have to be the ones who trade him. It can't just come out of nowhere, right? The Nets need to trade Kevin Durant. It's not just that he just gets to decide where he wants to go. We're so used to this in the NBA where the players are so entitled, the players decide everything, that even when they're under contract, we're just like, okay, they're just going to go wherever they want because that's how it's been. But at the end of the day... The contract actually means something or does it, right? So can you just say if you're Kevin Durant, I want out, goodbye? No, not really. Now you could do what James Harden did, although I can't imagine Kevin Durant getting fat on us. But you could be out of shape. You could mail it in. You could just play or not play and say, hey, I'm sitting till you trade me. We've seen that done before. But maybe the Nets will continue to play hardball because what else is their option? Like, what are they going to get for KD? And the funny thing about this is, the Golden State Warriors never did this to KD. They never caved to KD. They were never scared of him. And do I need to remind everyone of how the Golden State Bo- Warriors built themselves? And I told you, I'm going to repost that episode at some point, not the episode, but just those 20 minutes talking about Bob Myers and how they built the Warriors and the patience and the determination and the de- dedication of all the different things that they went through stages and built it properly from the ground up. And because they were able to do that, when they got Kevin Durant, it was just, hey, we have the cap space. We have the ability to do this. Let's bring him in. He's the best player in the world. And when he was getting ready to leave and he was trying to tear them down and say, there's dysfunction there, blah, 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 all this stuff. They didn't say, oh, wow, we're dysfunctional. You're right, Kevin Durant. We need to fix this. We need to change something. They didn't panic. They didn't overreact to something that a superstar who's disgruntled and begrudged said. They just said, okay, fine. We were good before you. We'll be good after you. The Nets, it was all about KD, and that was something that KD wanted in the first place. KD wanted to go to a franchise. He didn't want to go to the Knicks. He didn't want to go to a team. He wanted to go to a team that he could control. He wanted to go to a team that he could change the narrative. He could be the team. He could be the culture. He brought in his own coach, right? He brought in Steve Nash. He brought in Kyrie Irving, his friend. He made them trade for James Harden, and then when that didn't work out, he made them trade away James Harden. All those things that he did were something that he controlled. This was his situation from the start. This was a situation that was all about Kevin Durant, not about anything else. And how did that work for you, Kevin Durant? And how did that work for you, Brooklyn Nets? I would say it didn't work out too well. Now, if I'm the Knicks or a Knicks fan like myself, yeah, I'm laughing about this today. Would I still have picked him? If he said tomorrow he wanted to go to the Knicks, I would take Kevin Durant. I don't even know what that trade would look like. And somebody just proposed, somebody texted me just now while I was recording, hey, what do you think a trade would look like for um, Kevin Durant? And I don't know. I I didn't think about it. And we'll get into uh, potential destinations for Kevin Durant. But I think there's 29 teams in the league right now who would sign up for Kevin Durant. He is one of the best players in the league. We, don't, we can't forget that. He performed extremely well. He underperformed a little bit in the Boston series, but they defended him really well. So do we know exactly what's happening right now or what his situation, what his mindset is? No, but think about this. DeJounte Murray got three first-round picks in Danilo Gallinari from the Hawks. If he's worth that, what's Kevin Durant worth? Kevin Durant is the greatest scorer of our generation, the greatest wing player. He's literally built in a lab for today's basketball. He can get to the rim, he can defend. The way he shoots threes, the way he shoots off the dribble, the way he creates for others. He is the perfect basketball player for a team that whether you have a guard, whether you don't have a guard, whatever you're trying to do as a team, he's, like I said, built in a lab for today's current climate in the NBA. And that guy, other than injury uh, concerns, which we haven't seen much of since he came back from the Achilles... Other than obviously this newfound, who knows what he's going to do mindset of his. What is he worth realistically? Because like I said, DeJounte Murray, if that's what he's worth, three firsts, Kevin Durant, what is he, five, six firsts? And I talked about people don't care about firsts anymore. And this is why exactly what I was talking about, all that stuff doesn't matter. Throw it all out the window. When I was talking about this during the draft and before the draft, free agency and what's going to happen and getting this guy and that guy and this first round pick and that first round pick and throwing these huge contracts at at people, does any of it matter? By the way, the funny thing nobody's talking about is Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is just sitting in Brooklyn alone, right? Because Ben Simmons is like, is anyone going to talk about me? (laughs) Like (laughs) Kyrie Irving was like, yeah, by the way, if KD leaves, I want out too. I'm sure the Nats are like, sure, if Kevin Durant's leaving, we'll get you out of there, too. But do they build around Ben Simmons? Has Ben Simmons been included in any of the trade packages that we've heard? Not really anything. It's kind of a funny piece. And a couple other points. When did Kevin Durant decide to make this decision? Like, that's something that I thought about also. Did he know this whole time while Kevin while Kyrie was arguing with the team? Or was it really just spur of the moment, like I said, and it was just, this is what I feel like in this moment? Well, if it's the latter, he could change his mind at any point also, right? Like, we don't know for sure that this is guaranteed going to happen. So, did Kyrie know about this? Did he sign a one-year deal because he was like, hey, maybe I'm easier to trade on a one-year deal, whereas if they gave me the max or if I opted out, then I'm kind of screwed. Maybe now I could get packaged with Kevin Durant. Also, Kevin Durant just signed the extension. And this is what I talked about a second ago with none of this means anything. He literally, his extension did not kick in yet. It used to be a big deal when a guy had two years left on his contract and he'd he'd ask for a trade. We'd say, okay, what kind of leverage does this guy have? He's on an expiring contract, only one year left. Or we'd say, hey, what kind of leverage does this guy have? He's on an expiring contract. He has two years left. Kevin Durant, his extension, his four-year extension didn't even kick in yet. And he's already asking out. And everyone's acting like he has all the leverage in the world. At what point do we look at this and say, no, the Nets actually have the leverage? The Nets can put their foot down here and say, no, we're not doing this. We're not trading this guy. We're not going to be bullied by another player. We haven't seen it happen yet. These superstars continue to bully the teams. The Nets were building something. They had Kenny Atkinson, Spencer Dinwiddie, all those young pieces, obviously D'Angelo Russell. I'm not saying they were going to do much. They lost in the first round of the playoffs. But they built a culture. They built something that they could build on. That's what, kind of, like, what Kyrie and KD saw there and said, hey, let's go there. Don't you think that's part of the reason why they went there in the first place? That's, that's what was rumored, right? And then just as quickly, it all blew up in their face because they decided to go after Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Who would have thought that going after those two guys is what blows it up? So do the Nets hold strong? Do they say, hey, we blew up everything for you guys. We don't want to start over. Or maybe another team looks at this and says, are we really going to be that team that blows it all up for these guys? They've proven to be unreliable. They've proven to be that they don't care. Yeah, on paper, we have four more years of Durant. But what if he comes here and in a year, he's like, I don't want you either. I want to leave now. Then what happens? So it's interesting. And I talked about it last year when I talked about James Harden. After he got traded to Philly, I said, when are we going to see this again? Is this the beginning of the end of the superstars just doing whatever they want and teams caving to them? I said, they just traded him. They traded so much for him to get him and then had to turn around six months later and trade him to Philly. When's a team going to learn? And the answer is never. Because if the Nets had to go back in time and redo this, they would do it all over again. They were a half a shoe size away from advancing past the Bucs and probably going to the NBA Finals and probably winning the NBA Finals. Who knows? And if they win last year, who knows what happens this year? Maybe James Harden decides to opt back in. He decides to get back in shape. All those things. Everything could have gone differently because you have one of the best players in the world who brings other pieces with him. So if you are the Brooklyn Nets, as much as you could say and people could say, oh, they would never do this. This is crazy. They're wrong. They would do it. They would do it a thousand times over again. Every team would do it. And by the way, KD, he signed the extension. He could do this again in a week. And it doesn't matter. So these contracts mean nothing. They mean nothing. So if you're the team... And you're just giving away draft picks. You're going to do it. You're going to give away draft picks. You're going to sign the huge contract. And you're just praying to keep the guys happy. You're praying that the superstars stay happy. And there's 29 teams out there right now that are waiting to do the same thing that the Nets did to Kevin Durant three years ago. What they did to Kyrie Irving three years ago. What they did to James Harden two years ago. There are a bunch of teams out there who want to do the exact same thing right now. So I do want to quickly go through the suitors, potentially, I guess, for Kevin Durant. And like I said, it it could be anyone. The Celtics, maybe they do trade Jalen Brown in the end. The Knicks, like I said, there's young pieces that they could trade. Do you trade RJ Barrett? Do you include him in a trade? The Sixers, I saw Joel Embiid was like, hey, we love KD now. Let's trade for KD. Maybe they should do a sign and trade. Sign James Harden, trade him back to Brooklyn. Wouldn't that be hilarious? Get James Harden and Kyrie Irving back together and get Kevin Durant to Philly. That would be really fun. Toronto, there's pieces there for them to do it. They have a savvy front office. I don't think the Denver Nuggets would do it. Again, saying they wouldn't do it, of course they would do it. Chicago, they could sign and trade with Zach Levine, send him there. Maybe DeRozan and KD. Those are the two best two-point shooters. I talked about them all year. You could put them together. The Cleveland Cavaliers have some young pieces. The Pistons have the young pieces. I don't think the Bucks are going to trade for him. The Atlanta Hawks just made a trade. If you're at Atlanta, you're like, wait, we just traded all that for DeJounte Murray. We could have gotten Kevin Durant. That would have been fun. The Miami Heat are a legitimate option. Now, I think it would take Bam out of bio It would take Tyler Hero and probably 10 first-round picks, <laughs> literally, to get Kevin Durant to go to Miami. But I think they'd do that. Put him with Jimmy Butler. They also came within one game of the NBA Finals, and that would just continue the narrative. If you're Kevin Durant, you really want to continue that narrative. He just joined another team that was in within one game of the Finals without him and in the Finals a couple years ago without him. Obviously, I mentioned Paolo Bencaro and the Magic. He's not coming home. I'm sorry, Washington. He's just not. The Mavericks, do you put him with Luka Doncic? Who knows what they have to trade? It would probably be a ton of picks and Spencer Dinwiddie, which would be funny. He goes back to Brooklyn. Maybe they re-sign Kenny Atkinson also. That would be fun. The Memphis Grizzlies are looking for someone, although Trish, uh, Triple J just announced that he's going to miss probably some time with a, uh, he had surgery, So, but he would definitely be part of that trade going back, but Ja and KD would be fun together. New Orleans is actually an interesting story because um, they could trade Zion for Kevin Durant, and if you're Brooklyn, you're like, okay, we're going to build around Zion, another guy that the Knicks thought they were getting and we get to take away from him, so that's fun. Um, maybe San Antonio does it, although they seem to be trying to tank right now, so I wouldn't say that. It would be funny if he went back to the Warriors. That would be an all-timer. The Suns, obviously a heavy rumor that he's going to go back to the Phoenix Suns. They say the Lakers emerge, but what are they going to trade? They have nothing to trade for him. Um, The Suns do have something to trade. It would be DeAndre Ayton. It would be probably a bunch of pieces, a couple of role players, a lot of picks. But that would be a really good team. Him going back to the Thunder would be interesting. Him going to the Blazers. Yeah, these are all options. Like I said, there's a lot of options around the league. I told you, New Orleans makes sense. If you get Zion, now you don't have to give him the extension if you're New Orleans. You kind of put something together. You made the playoffs. Zion and a bunch of picks. Maybe Zion, Ben Simmons, and a bunch of picks looks good to you, the Nets. If you're the Nets, all let right, right, we're building something here. If you're Miami, it's the same thing, right? It's like, okay, we could send a lot there, but we're really this close. Let's do it. The Phoenix Suns would be really fun. And then there's the option of him just staying in Brooklyn, like I said all along. That's also a possibility. We don't know what's going to happen but it's been fun, and it's going to continue to be fun. NBA free agency doesn't even start yet, and this has already been a hell of a ride. James Harden, on to the next fun superstar, has opted out of his $47 million with the 76ers. And what's interesting is he said he opted out of the contract because he wants to do what's best for the team. He, uh, he wants to sign a long-term deal, and he wants to take less money so that the team can make different moves, which is... Look, I don't know if I believe it if you're James Harden and you're relying on that guy and he's saying that he's taking less money. Maybe he gets more guaranteed money over more time. Maybe he's really mailing it in. I talked about this a couple episodes ago. I said, what's the move for James Harden? Is the move to take the guaranteed $47 million because that's as much money as you're going to get and try and prove yourself? Do you opt out? And now what do you do? You're not getting who's giving you who's paying you that money? Who's giving you a huge long-term deal with a lot of commitment on it? Although like I said, the NBA teams are sheep and they'll do it over and over again. They do it for Durant, they do it for Kyrie. But maybe he outsmarted me entirely and he's getting more he's going to get more guaranteed money overall. Like let's say he gets $80 million guaranteed and maybe it's over over 4 years as opposed to over 1 year of $47 million. But now he can be lazy. He doesn't have to prove himself at all instead of $47 million guaranteed, he got $80 million guaranteed. So instead of his $47 million guaranteed and then after that he's a free agent and people realize that he sucks because he's just not good anymore, he gets $80 million guaranteed even if in the first year they realize that he's not the same guy anymore. Now they're stuck with the $80 million or they can try and trade him or whatever it is, whatever happens, but he got more money guaranteed. So maybe it is a smart play by James Harden. I don't know. And he gets to paint himself as a good guy. He's like, oh, look, I'm doing this for the team so we can have more cap flexibility. Really, is that why you're doing it? You're James Harden. We've kind of seen you. We've seen your little shtick. We've seen your act for a while. you really going to get people to believe that? The next thing I want to talk about is um, an interesting point that I always talk about. I talked about it on this episode is how quickly things change. And I thought one of the evidence of this was the trade that the Hawks made. If you would have looked at the Atlanta Hawks after two years ago, they almost go to the NBA finals. They go to the conference finals and run into the Bucs. Trey Young was hurt, obviously. A lot of different factors there. You would have thought, okay, this team is building. This team is going somewhere. And then just like that, they're completely out of it. They're a completely different team. And they have to trade for a second guard to play with Trey Young. They were so bad last year, hovering around 500, really just like a pedestrian team in the Eastern Conference. And even after trading for DeJounte Murray, what are they? Like, still maybe the fourth or fifth best team in the Eastern Conference? So. It's twofold. One, things can change really quickly. If you're the Brooklyn Nets, it looks like this. It looks dire today, but who knows what's happening tomorrow? If you're the New York Knicks, the incredible season they had two years ago, the horrible season they had this past year, who knows what's going to come, like I said? And if you're the Boston Celtics and you didn't win the title and you had an opportunity to win it. Now, <laughs> I hate the overreactions. I forgot about this piece, but the overreactions of people. Um, how, oh, the Celtics are not as good, they were never that good to begin with, it's a cheap championship for the Warriors, all that stuff, they should break it up, blah, 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 blah. Now everyone remembers all of a sudden that the Celtics sucked all along. The Celtics were, had a 10-point lead within, what, three minutes away from having a 3-2 lead in the series? So we could talk about how bad they were all along, but they were really good. But they still didn't take advantage. Like I said, 10-point lead with three minutes left to take a 3-2 lead in the series. They couldn't close it out, and who knows where you're going to get that opportunity again. I'm sure the Hawks thought they'd be back this year, and they weren't. So they could be back. Now they have DeJounte Murray. They have another piece. But it just reminds you how quickly things change in the NBA. And don't overreact to everything that happens in the moment. That's my number one rule for the NBA. I've been talking about it forever. All right, so there have been other contracts in the league, and I just want to get everyone caught up on that because there's a lot going on. It was day one. Obviously, it didn't even start yet. (laughs) It's just so funny how that works. Free agency did not start yet. And we already have all these things happen. So it started back on June 22nd. The Pistons trade away Jeremy Grant to the Trailblazers. All right, that was the first thing. June 23rd, this is the day of the draft, right? So the Hornets get the first pick. Kemba gets traded from the Knicks. The Nuggets trade away Jermichael Green to the Thunder. All right, so all that happens. June 24th was when the Rockets traded away Christian Wood to the Mavericks, which actually looks like a nice piece for them if you think about that. And then the 76ers traded Danny Green away to the Grizzlies. Then the last time I spoke, New Orleans Noel got traded away from the Knicks. KCP got traded to the Nuggets from the Wizards. And DeJounte Murray, like I said, got traded from the Spurs to the Hawks. And then it all started coming in, and this was yesterday, where it really all started happening, right? So we had P.J. Tucker signs a three-year deal with the 76ers. DeLon Wright signs a, signs a two-year deal with the Wizards. Bradley Beal, this is a huge one. The Wizards signed Bradley Beal to a two million five-year contract extension. First of all, you're putting all your eggs in that basket? $50 million a year for Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is a good player. He's a nice player. He's a solid player. He's not a winning player. He's not the player you want to make the center of your universe. And the Washington Wizards just did. Oh, and by the way, this is a guy who's been talking about leaving for the last four years. You want to talk about people have no commitment. The contracts mean nothing. He knew he could get the most money here. He could t- tell you tomorrow that he wants out. Maybe he gets traded for Kevin Durant. honestly. That could happen because it means nothing, the contract. That's just where he got the mo- could get the most money. So he was willing to wait it out, not so that he can stay with the Wizards and he wants to be here forever. He's been talking about leaving forever. He waited it out so that now he could be moved. So now he can move and not have to give up any money to do it. Devin Booker signed his extension with the Suns. Good move there. We've never seen him win anything before Chris Paul or with Chris Paul, for that matter, but at least he made the playoffs with him. One contract I do love, obviously, is Jokic. He gets the five-year, $264 million extension, but that is the guy who is your center, the centerpiece of your franchise, and your point guard. So you basically sign three players with one contract. So I love that if you're the Nuggets. Also, I don't think he's the type of personality he's going, who's going to ask out for a trade tomorrow. Like I said, Lonnie Walker got his contract pulled and then signed. Jalen Brunson obviously goes to my Knicks. The Knicks also got um, Isaiah Hartenstein, which I don't get at all. If you're going to trade away Nerlens Noel, I said they're trading him away because he's superfluous on this roster. So why are you paying $8 million a year for the next two years for another center? Unless you're not signing Mitchell Robinson to a long-term deal. So I don't know what's happening with Mitchell Robinson yet and the Knicks. But it doesn't really make so much sense to me that you would get rid of Nerlens Noel seemingly to open up more space for Obi Toppin. Open up more space for Jericho Sims. Just to turn around and sign Hartinson. That doesn't make so much sense to me. But that's what's happened so far. And NBA free agency hasn't even started yet officially. It starts tonight. And I just rattled off a list of so many different things that happened. Like I said, basketball. It's unbelievable. <laughs> you can't explain this stuff. This is just pure chaos, pure drama. And that's why I said the NBA loves it. It's the third season of the NBA. It's perfect for the NBA. The NBA, this is what they thrive off of. It's better than the playoffs because the playoffs had nothing going on. And now we have all this drama going on on a daily basis. Who go to thunk it? Me. <laughs> Elsewhere. Baseball. The Yankees lost tonight. They lost to the Houston Astros. You can't win them all. They lose two to one. The pitching was really good. Uh, I thought uh, Kyle Tucker pulled a fast one on Luis Severino. He's standing on the rubber. If you're standing on the rubber, I don't care if you're adjusting your pitch comm. You can steal home if you want. People are upset about that, but cool. Nice thought. You got out. Took a chance. Definitely a good thought. Why not? <laughs> um, I don't see people being upset about that. Oh, the, that's the unwritten rules. It's the classic baseball. Get off my lawn. Everyone hates having fun in baseball. Hey, he was adjusting his pitch comp, but he was still standing on the rubber. He can run home if you're on third and you're Kyle Tucker. You got out, but you could take that chance. That's your right. It was a great job. Got Luis Severino out of that inning, and then Luis Severino settled in and pitched really well the rest of the game. So good job, Kyle Tucker. Good job, Luis Severino, and good job, uh, Jose Trevino to catch that and get Luis Severino's attention. He was probably yelling into Pitchcom, just hitting every button. Severino's like, wait, this is really broken now. And then he looked up and threw it home and got the guy out. Good job. Uh, but like I said, the Yankees can't win them all. What are they still, like 56 and, I don't know, 56 and 21? Just something stupid like that. So yeah, you can't win them all, but you can win most of them. 56 and 21 is the record. Another interesting point about baseball, though, and this is what I want to talk about, is Baseball just loves overcomplicating things. They love making things impossible for us to understand, and they did it again. So I saw that Aaron Judge was the leading vote-getter in the AL for the All-Star votes. So he's now the team captain, and he's safe, and now we go to phase two of the voting. What happens? just us voting for who's in, who's out, and that's it? We get to vote. All the players and the teams get to put a player in. Every team gets at least one star in the All-Star game. The end. Now there's phase two. It's just another thing that baseball loves to overcomplicate. Anytime there's something, a rule, here should be a rule for baseball. Anytime you have something that you can't explain to someone in a casual conversation that you need a spreadsheet or an entire like, long conversation to discuss, it shouldn't exist in your league. That should be a, a rule that MLB lives by. And unfortunately, I think they live by the exact opposite rule. Rob Manfred just did a piece on ESPN where apparently, I didn't read it, but apparently he came off actually really well. But the headline was, Rob Manfred wants people to know he doesn't hate baseball. If you're the commissioner of a league, of a sport, and you have to explain to people that you don't hate that sport, you're obviously doing something wrong. Yikes. (laughs) Um, And the last thing, I'm going to say it because even with all the drama and everything going on, I miss the Rangers. I miss hockey and my troll who would make fun of me normally for making that comment. I haven't seen him either. That Twitter troll, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back a couple episodes. I had a Twitter troll who was just trolling me all along, but... Uh, about the rangers and what's wrong with you why do you care that blah, blah, blah. Um, anyway he's gone I don't know where he is so I lost two things and I miss them both the troll and the rangers all right that's gonna wrap it up for this episode like I said like subscribe share it with people grow the community by the way in a few years maybe you're gonna be talking to someone hey listen I'm a Rami listener hey me too you're at a party somewhere cool or maybe I'll still be doing this and no one will be listening and guess what that'll be fine too because I'm still trying to grow I'm still trying to build this yeah. And uh, I appreciate everyone who's along for the ride. So until next time, I'll see y'all later. Wait, wait, stop the music. Stop the music. I forgot a couple of things. The first piece I forgot was the Steph piece. And I meant to mention this. With everyone moving around so much, it kind of makes you need to respect Steph so much more. So I'm sorry I finished recording the podcast already and I was editing it and I was like, wait, I forgot a couple of things. That's one. The second thing, I told you things were always going to happen after I recorded the podcast. Um, So I'm not going to get to everything. But as it officially hit midnight, a few more extensions were announced. So John Morant signs the extension to stay uh, with Memphis. Booker, obviously, that was earlier, signs the extension to stay with Phoenix. Carl Anthony Towns signs his extension with the Timberwolves. And I also learned that Nikola Jokic, his contract was the biggest contract in NBA history. And I'd say it's worth every penny. Please don't prove me wrong, Nicola. Also, lastly, for Kyrie Irving, now it's on again. Kyrie, like I said, he has no leverage, although who knows? The players always seem to have leverage. But Kyrie, for Russ, Kyrie goes to LA, only now Russ is not playing with the Nets. What I said, I didn't mind if the Knicks did it, my Knicks, if they just signed Russ for one year because they knew he'd be done at the end of the year, and you just eat the money to get other stuff from LA. Now, I told you, I don't think LA has enough to trade for KD unless they're trading Anthony Davis, but they definitely have enough to trade for Kyrie. Um, Just a couple of picks, a couple of assets, and uh, Russell Westbrook, his expiring contract, might actually make sense for the Nets. Uh, Now I'm really out. Okay, you could get the music back up. Uh, There's definitely going to be things that come out uh, as I'm talking or as I'm editing this, but this is the last time I'm doing this. So really now, for real, until next time, I'll see you guys later.
1: You were the best nights of my life. You got the light that always shines I miss the way that you move and the way I get high When you take me to your eyes, Like I'm standing in the sky I see your subway causing old graffiti I breathe your air when I land in another city I'll be that one that's got you printed on my bones all I know High but the sidewalk's burning, we pray for rain in July I, want well, the Yankees 99 yeah. And the Knicks on a sold-out night When the curtains close and the Broadway streets are alive, hey. I need your heartbeat close, don't you ever leave me And I breathe your air when I land in another city One that's got you printed on my bows BK born and raised, I was God sent. I used to hit them courts y'all so in Prospect. Take them long walks all my time spent. Just a kid with that Empire State the mindset Kick flipping off a blind deck, dipping from the New York city's finest. Yeah, said I've been up on my New York shit, walking down the block with my New York bitch. I can never leave my city, ain't nothing like it. Even if I do though, I can never hide it. Type down on the West Side when I'm driving, East Side be the only side that I'm riding. I'm